This is the 4501 Podcast, episode 24, Travel Vaccines. Hey, Tony, how's it going, man? Pretty darn good. And yourself, Mark? Pretty darn good, I guess. <laughs> you guess? Why do you guess? I don't know. It's a uh, same same thing, different day, right? That's what the uh, the people say. Same shit, different day. Well, I was gonna say shit, but you said it. <laughs> we are a family friendly podcast, Tony. I can't believe you swore. Now we have to change our parental guidance rating on the podcast. Uh, or you can just bleep that out. We'll bleep it out. Uh, all right. Well, uh, well, where are you now? Because you're, I'm looking at you on Google Hangouts. The soon-to-be-defunct Google Hangouts, and mm. it looks like you're in the woods somewhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, in my sister's house in Arkansas, Bentonville, and I'm out on her back porch. So uh, this is the first time I'm trying to record a podcast outside, so you might hear some birds or some wind or some people mowing their lawns next door. Are the neighbors that close? Because like, when I think of Arkansas, I think of you know <laughs> the middle of nowhere. It is, uh, but the thing about where she lives is there's a lot of stuff around here because this is where walmart is headquartered um walmart's home office is just like two miles down the road from where she lives and uh because of that it's a really built up area oh let me take that back it's not really built up but it's really built up relative to the rest of arkansas is everyone walking around in blue vests (laughs) all the the associates um no but they actually last week they had this meeting here where at least like one or two representatives from all Walmarts across the country and across the world come to here in Bentonville, Arkansas and have like this big meeting for like a week. So that sounds, that sounds cool. Did you go? What do they talk about? I didn't go. I wasn't here. Um, I, I think they have like some, some people come and speak and do some training and education that they take back to their locations across the country and share with the rest of their employees. Um, and I think they like every year they have like some type of concert with like a big headliner uh, for the associates, which I don't know what they had this year, but apparently it's like some big names. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's, let's transition from Walmart to something not really associated with Walmart vaccines okay (laughs) so so this was not my idea even though i am an immunologist by trade and i know a lot about vaccines but this was a episode kind of posited by tony so tony why 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 are we talking about vaccines on episode 24 i want to talk about vaccines because i've been getting stuck left and right for the past two weeks with travel vaccines and the reason for that is because i'm going to um southeast asia in a week and a half and i'll be there for a few months traveling around uh, starting in vietnam hopefully trying to get to thailand laos cambodia philippines malaysia indonesia singapore i'm trying to go to as much as i can doing like a not a fast travel but slow travel um, over a long period of time so in order to do that i have to get well actually i don't have to get travel vaccines um, but it's recommended that you do and I think this is a great episode because, like Mark said, he is uh, really experienced in this this field. So this is like a perfect episode, actually. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, one thing we should say is we're calling them travel vaccines. It's 
just because they're vaccines required for travel. There's no like specific travel vaccine. They're just what you need when you're going abroad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's there's no difference between this vaccine than like a vaccine you would get from your doctor for like tennis or something like that. Yeah. It's just the like, category. It's just, it's just the category like that you're going in. We should clarify that. Yep. Good. You don't want to confuse people. Vaccines are such a hot topic, Tony. Is that right? Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, why do you think there's there's a there's a group of people called anti-vaxxers? You know what that means? They don't like vaccines. Yeah. Do you know why? Um, I think they think there's adverse side effects. Maybe. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I was. I might have been one of those. Like with the flu, the yearly flu one, I I stopped getting that a couple of years ago. Well, okay, so so we can. This is high level. Okay, we'll talk about the flu. We'll come back to the flu. Okay, but we'll talk about why sometimes the flu doesn't work and why sometimes it's really good. Okay, um, but basically, what a vaccine is is well, let me let me give me your definition of a vaccine. I'll tell you if you're right or wrong because it's I will overcomplicate the definition. But if I understand your definition, then I can say yes, that's right, or no, it's not right. So to me, a vaccine in general is uh, giving a virus to you that's either alive or dead and your body, your immune system gets to practice fighting it so that if you're ever exposed to that virus, you fight it off easily, more easy. I don't know. How does that sound? Yeah, um, that's that's the general concept. Uh, I would agree with you. So, But it doesn't have to be just uh, a, like a a virus or a bacteria it can also just be like toxins okay so mm-hmm. like um when you get your tetanus shot all right you're not mm-hmm. actually immunized against the bacteria that releases the toxin you're only immunized against the toxin itself okay can we define toxin yeah so well you're gonna be really <laughs> so so basically the bacteria will will release some sort of protein into your mm-hmm. body and in in this case it's um uh, it's a protein that's going to cause your muscles to seize up oh for for tetanus specifically okay yeah for tetanus specifically mm-hmm. and okay. and so what the ant what the uh, vaccine is doing is it's actually you're 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 training your your immune system to generate something called antibodies i've heard okay of a lot of people have heard about antibodies mm-hmm. right you, have you heard uh-huh. of antibodies? Basically, all antibodies are are the, these these things your immune system creates, and these will specifically recognize those proteins. But they will they're only generated if you are exposed to them first. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, in the case of tetanus, you create these antibodies. These antibodies will um, kind of bind to those uh, toxins, those tetanus toxins. And they will inactivate them so that they're not effective in, in harming you anymore. Makes sense. Now, now, how come you can't get like sick from the vaccine though? So, okay. So there could be cases where, you know, when they give you the vaccine where they say, okay, are you allergic to eggs or something yeah. like that? That's because what they'll do is in order to actually stimulate and initiate this process, you need to actually start an immune response is what we call it. So they'll mix like those live viruses or those dead viruses or whatever they're trying to start this immune response with something called an adjuvant. 
And usually those adjuvants are, are egg based or there's something else. And so that's helping to stimulate the process of starting the vaccine response. Mm-hmm. And because if you, if you just honestly, if you just gave a dead, if you just shot a dead virus into your, your leg or whatever, into your shoulder, the process of developing an immune response towards that, that pathogen is, is a lot lower if you don't try to help that process along. So that's why they add something else oh, to it. Oh, wow. This sounds actually kind of complicated then. It's not just like yeah. shooting some dead vaccine into. There's other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, this. The process of vaccines is a very heavily studied field uh, within immunology. Um, but basically, you're, you're correct. And going back to the original statement, vaccines are, are something we give someone uh, in, in a shot form with the hope of preventing that disease of occurring. And how do we do that? Well, we expose them to a live bacteria or live virus or dead virus or dead bacteria. And we hope that the immune response will be directed towards that bacteria or whatever that vaccine had. And so if you get reinfected with that particular disease, you'll be protected against it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense from a general understanding standpoint. Um, yeah, and that I mean that's there's a lot more that goes into it, but that's the general thing. We call that developing a memory response. Uh, that's what all vaccines are. It's a memory response. Yeah, yeah. So how come you have to um, sometimes get it twice or like multiple times throughout your life? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, when you develop this memory response, what happens is that you actually create immune cells that will actually generate these antibodies. Like, right, these antibodies just don't happen out of thin air. They have to come from somewhere. So you have a particular set of immune cells within your body called B cells, okay? Mm-hmm. B cells produce antibodies. And when you actually vaccinate someone, you have B cells that are produced that are specific for what other, whatever's inside that vaccine. So let's say it was tetanus toxin. You will not have B cells that are specific that that will produce antibodies that are specific for um, that tetanus toxin, and that's their only job. Okay, and what the thing is about memory, these memory cells is that they're long lived, so they'll be in your body for for years. But at some point, if you don't, if if you don't give someone that booster shot then those cells will just eventually die because they're just useless, right? The body, Mm -hmm. the human body is very conscious about energy conservation. And if your body's devoting time to conserving these cells that aren't being used, then why have them? If that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah. Like get rid of it. So, yeah. And so basically these B cells, when you give them a booster, they will detect the, the, whatever the booster shot, and then they'll start to, kind of replicate again and then that way you'll have these memory b cells they're kind of rejuvenated because of that booster shot and then they, you can go on for another 10 years or whatever it is mm-hmm. okay is that the same does that does that make sense yeah yeah it has to like pr- like kind of practice makes perfect or i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> to put it simply um is that this well it, it's it's well, it's not necessarily practices it's just that the immune the, the body is very it's very simple. If you get exposed to something, your body will remember that it was exposed to it, but that effect will just li- like linger off over time. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. It just forgets about it. 
I've, this is kind of a weird question, but I've been thinking about it lately. What if you get like the same vaccine multiple, like more than you should? Like, what if you get a yellow fever vaccine three days in a row? Is that bad for you? I don't think so. I mean, all it's doing is just introducing more. Well, if, okay, if you think about it this way, if you got yellow, va- yellow fever, the virus itself, right? Or it's a virus, I think. If you got it in a normal infection course, right? I think for yellow, I don't know. Do you know if it's a live or uh, inactivated virus that they give you for the yellow fever vaccine? I think it, I, th- I think I remember it being live. Okay. So it could be live attenuated, but okay. if you were just get, if you got yellow fever by itself, no attenuated vi- virus, nothing, no dead, whatever. It was just that you got it while you were traveling. Basically what happened, if you, l- if you think about how an infection runs, you have your day zero, which is the day you're infected. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the next day you feel like shit because the virus is, is actually infecting your cells. You're, you're feeling the virus starting to replicate and starting to expand. Right? right. And then the next day you feel even worse. And then the next day you feel worse until you hit a point where you don't feel as bad. Yellow fever is pretty bad. I mean, that's a bad example because it's just such a deadly <laughs> it's a deadly virus. But think about like the, like the flu. The flu is a good, better example. Like you feel bad for like two to three or four days and then you start to feel better. And then as you start to feel better at day seven, uh, you get better each day, each day, each day, each day until you, you feel like you're okay back to, back to if you weren't infected. Does that make sense? And is that yeah? Is that your body like fighting it? That's your body fighting it. So the thing is, like, if you got a, a vaccine, all those viruses are technically not supposed to be harmful to you whatsoever. And so, if you just got got three injections in a row, it wouldn't really do anything beyond like trying to give you a better immune response. Oh, okay. But you can't you can't necessarily do that. Like you couldn't if you did it three days in a row there's really no benefit to that for a vaccine because because it's so close together that the body would consider that as like a primary infection does that make sense right yeah it can't tell the difference so exactly can't tell the difference so if you gave one vaccine on day let's say the first of the month okay and you gave another vaccine dosage four weeks later or something the body would would have a better response to that okay that makes sense because like this one vaccine that i need japanese encephalitis they have to give one on day zero one on day seven or one on day zero one on day 28 yeah and so the reason for the like the long period in between the first dosage and second dose is because the immune system um that memory response is what we're calling so like Mm -hmm. not your primary exposure but the secondary the secondary exposure that memory response is going to react if it's a, if it's the same pathogen, right? So it's a secondary infection with the same exact bug. The immune system will react a lot faster, a lot stronger, and, and it'll be overall a lot more effective because it's actually recognized that bug before. Okay. So yeah. once it's seen it once, it'll keep it in its memory banks for, for a lot longer. And once it's seen it twice, it, it knows kind of what to do already. Cool. That, yeah. that really makes sense. That helps a lot. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking, like, um, there's a lot of viruses and stuff out there. Can't we just... I know we don't have vaccines for all of them, right? Like, why can't you 
just have a yep. vaccine for everything. And so this is this is pretty um, a pretty important topic, and a lot of people ask, why don't we have vaccines for everything? And it just comes back to the fact that um, let's say malaria. Okay, malaria is probably the easiest kind of example to give. It's Do you know one. malaria is? I don't know specifically, but I have some pills. Yeah. That- <laughs> so so basically, ignoring the kind of like the lifestyle of malaria, the malaria parasite. It's a parasite. And it'll affect your liver and your blood depending on the stage the parasite actually is in. But you can't effectively immunize against malaria because the parasite over time, and this applies to all uh, diseases that try to infect you, um, they have evolved to kind of combat our immune system, which is unfortunate, but that's just how evolution works. So they've developed strategies to evade our immune system in order to kind of infect us. Do you actually know why microbes infect us to begin with not a clue no right no. so so the, the main reason why microbes infect us and this is kind of just uh it makes sense we are a living organism and we have so much food nutrients for bacteria to grow we are just the best place if you think about it like we're warm because we have to stay at a at 37 degrees celsius 24 7 we we're moist so because we always have to be hydrated and we're always going to have essential nutrients and amino acids and whatever because that's what we need to survive. And so if a bacteria or a virus is able to infect us and start to take away those nutrients for their own growth, then that's beneficial for them. It sucks for us, so we might die, but at the same time, that's the reason why they're infecting us because we're just such good concentrated sources of, of food for them. They don't have to travel that hard. They try that hard to get it out. And so... We have developed over time our immune system to fight against those diseases. But again, those microbes are also evolving to kind of evade our immune system to stay in our bodies a lot longer just because they can get all that rich energy from us. Wow, that's that's some crazy stuff. I never knew it was that uh, that intense. Um, yeah. And so, so going back to your example of why we don't have vaccines for all diseases, it's going back to this evolutionary theory. So for plasmodium or for plasmodium falciparum, which is the malaria bug, basically what they're able to do is they're able to express something that we call variable surface proteins. Okay. And so basically when it comes down to it, all your immune system is doing is recognizing shapes. That's all it is. So when you produce these antibodies directed against a parasite or a microbe or whatever, the antibody is shaped in one specific way let's say it's a it's a like a triangle okay mm-hmm. like a triangle will insert into um this antibody okay it can only recognize triangles so let's say the malaria bug has a triangle residue or we call it an epitope a triangle epitope on the surface your antibodies can only recognize those triangles on the surface of the parasite. But what happens is that the parasite is smart. And because they have these variable surface proteins, what they'll actually do is they will, within like a couple days, they'll change the shape of their surface, like the proteins on the surface. They'll change it from triangles to like circles. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, normally for humans, it takes about 7 to 10 days to produce a brand new antibody. So, the parasite can do it in a couple days. And so, as soon as you have all these triangles in your body, 
they're recognizing the triangles on the on the microbe. It changes it to circles on the surface. Now your your antibodies that recognize triangles can't recognize the circles, right? Yeah. And so it's delaying, and then now your immune response, your immune system has to kind of generate all brand new B cells. And by that time, the parasite is going to have a strong foothold in your body, and you're going to be in some trouble. So a lot of just bugs do that. They just will, are smart, and they're able to change their surface proteins, or they're just good at evading the immune system. Um, and can they, can they keep changing shape over and yeah. over again, or is that just like, oh, wow, so it's yeah. like a never-ending battle? Then. Yeah, and then there's also some, um, not to get too complex, there are some side effects on the, on the, on the host immune response side that, that kind of don't help us. And it's just it's not anything we're doing wrong. It's just the byproduct of how our immune system works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. That helps so much. You see. Um, see. This is high level. You're the one who wanted to talk about this stuff. <laughs> you. I don't think you're fully prepared to to it's, learn about well, the immune system. So it's like, from my perspective, I, I'm just getting these shots because the CDC tells me to, which is the Center for Disease Control. Is that right? Yes. Um, in the United States. Yeah. So, but other than that, unless you go th- read through some of these articles and you know, papers and stuff. There's only some general information about why you should do this. Like, don't drink the water, don't eat certain food, whatever. Don't get stung by a mosquito. But why? Like, that's that's the question I had. Like, why? Well, and because you're doing a good... Well, I, I, yes. The bottom line is because these diseases are easily prevent, preventable with a shot, okay? Yeah. That's the yeah. thing that people don't realize. Like, you can... Can you, you hear can, that? I can hear that. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, you can easily prevent these diseases um, with just a vaccine, and when you when you are able to eradicate a lot of these diseases, uh, like public health in general is a lot better. You know, um, the problem there's I don't want to get into like the public health debate of whether or not you should or should not vaccinate a kid because because like you should vaccinate your kid. Um, and it's definitely something that people are very particular about because of that. Like for what you said, like just because you tell me to, why should I, you know, but it's, it's a public health concern at this point. Like it's, it's not like, how did you get clean water? You got clean water because the city mandated that you, that people need to start cleaning their water. It's not just for you. Like, yes, the chances of you getting a specific disease is, is not high. It's higher if you go to these places that you're going to, but at the same time, it's better for like public health, you know, because because if you get this disease, you're technically a, a carrier too. You're able to transmit transmit this disease to other people. And and like that's how didn't we eradicate some diseases via I mean, vaccines? I mean, polio is polio is the one that we always talk about, um, but that was fine found primarily in like africa and stuff like that and third world i mean actually you know what it was found throughout the world i shouldn't say it was it was a third world uh disease it was found throughout the whole entire world yeah so i mean there's still some vaccines that we still need to to develop and a lot of people are are trying to target diseases that are of large public health concern um like all the like the foodborne illnesses they're trying to get uh vaccines generated towards it's just tough man microbes are smart um they're just they grow faster than us they're able to manipulate their their genes a lot easier than us i should say just it's tough it's scary too for me 
as a, a traveler going to this foreign land that has all these foreign vac or foreign di- diseases and viruses like i'm scared that i'm gonna get bit by a mosquito and then get some deadly disease and or drink some water and get some terrible bacteria um i'm scared but I'm, that's why i'm getting these vaccines to begin with to ease my nerves and just be able to focus on travel without you know i'm gonna have to do my due diligence and be careful obviously and like we're mosquito repellent and all that but um it, it puts your mind at ease, vaccines, which is a great thing. I, yeah, so so let's talk about <clears throat> enough about the mechanisms of vaccines. Um, but like, what what are what have you been trying to? So let's just say that, like, what do you, you don't even know what vaccines you've had before, right? I do. I did not oh, you until do like two weeks ago. Yeah, my mom okay. gave me this uh, little booklet with all my vaccines since I was born, and I, I don't know, it's like fifty vaccines so far in my life. Before we talk about what kind of vaccines you're getting for your trip and how you figured those out. Let's go back. Cause I, I really think this is an important point about let's go back to the influenza, um, uh, oh, vaccine. Yes. Okay. So, so let's just bring it. What, what, what was your problem of getting the influenza vaccine? Uh, I think somebody told me that if you get that vaccine, there's been studies showing that your offspring could have some type of brain issues. I, that's, that's very general, but, that's not that's true. That's all I remember. It's not true. Not true. Whoever okay. is telling you that is bullshitting you. You should not listen to those people. It's a conspiracy theory. They, if, if, if the, do you know how many studies these vaccines go through and how many years of development vaccines actually have to take before they get to market? It's mm. literally 10 to 15 years worth of research. Okay. But does that, does that cover the, like, the long-term this effects? Is, if the FDA would not approve a vaccine, if they... <laughs> I should say there are issues with the FDA and sometimes they do get it wrong, but overall majority of vaccines and and drugs that are approved by the FDA usually get it right. And there are exceptions, of course, but there's no reason for you not to get the flu vaccine. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, I I hear both sides for sure. Um, Well, you need to hear this side. (laughs) I always like to, I don't know, be proven specifically like given evidence i guess about well let's put it this way you can find all the evidence you want and this is the thing that some people if you go to your doctor okay let's say god forbid you had cancer and they they, the doctor and you go into your research and you find x y and z and you say i wanted to go do car t cell therapy or something like that okay Mm -hmm. who's what is the doctor going to know more than you of course he is. He just because 100%. you know, like just because you can read up as much as you want, but if you're not trained in this field, if you're not trained to understand the mechanisms, if you're not tra- trained to understand the process of it, why are you paying this doctor? You're right. You're absolutely right. So it's I'm all for having evidence and understanding what you're getting into, but at some point you have to realize that you're just not fully initiated into, into this world. Yeah, right? I agree. I I'm not. Agree. Disres- I'm not disrespecting you. I like. I always just. I. I understand when people say that. Oh, I want to find more evidence for myself, and I want to find a solution. Yes, but that solution may not be the best for you, and you may even worse. You may, if you go doing your own literature research and you find your own stuff, you may misinterpret that data in those results, and that's a hell of a lot worse than going not getting anything. Because there's also downsides to some some of these drugs that 
it, we're not talking about vaccines. We're talking about like prescription drugs. There is a lot of downsides to them if it's not used properly. I can see that for sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but all right, you stop getting me off topic. So, <laughs> so going back to the flu vaccine, I thought you were going from a different way. I thought you were going to ask me why sometimes the flu vaccine doesn't feel like it works. Oh, uh, actually to another point, like the one time I got the flu vaccine, I got really sick after it, which was probably just a coincidence, but that mentally like, you know, tricked my brain into thinking yeah. the flu vaccine is bad. So, so that's just a, that's honestly, death, we just call out the, the human thing. Like it's a, hu all humans are not created equal. And that's, that's just a truism throughout everything beyond science, right? All humans are not created equal. And so your body just simply responds differently. Um, but going back to the, the vaccine of how influenza is developed, the, uh, influenza is kind of an easy, um, it's tricky, right? But there's, there's, there's two proteins that influenza actually uses to attach to your body, okay? Um, it's called hemagglutinin and N-something. I forget. But that's why it's called, like, when you see viruses, it's called, like, H1N1. Yes. I think it's neuro neuraminidase. Neuraminidase, that's it. So it's uh, hemagglutinin and neuraminidase. And so, like, all vir viruses or influenza viruses are able to be classified based on, like, which H protein and which N protein they're 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 expressing. If that makes any sense, um, maybe <laughs> they're just two different proteins, and, and there's various flavors of those proteins. Okay, but I gotcha. Like H, there's like H1N4 or H4N1. Doesn't matter. But basically, every year, these really smart guys kind of project what influenza strain they think is going to be the most prevalent for that year, okay? And they make these projections. I, I forget. I actually went to a seminar on this, but I'm, I don't remember the timeline. But basically, they have to make a decision, uh, the FDA and someone else, um, they have to make a decision about which kind of influenza strain they want to develop, then they have to send it out to the manufacturers, and then the manufacturers have to produce all the vaccines, and then they have to distribute it. So it's literally a 24-year cycle. Now, there's a lot of epidemiological factors that play into this. Like, if a flu outbreak happens in the middle of the summer, which would be weird, but, like, if that happened, um, that would change everything. But the process is running by then, okay? And so sometimes you get outbreaks of, let's say, strain A of influenza when the vaccine is kind of mediated towards strain d does that make sense it's yeah. just kind of that's what happens like it just you can't project what the population is going to do you can only just kind of try to get a, a really really good guess and so sometimes the outbreak of influenza that happens this year doesn't fully match up with the vaccine they produced but with that being said, it's better to be vaccinated because even though the strain of the vaccine may not match up with the strain of the actual flu virus that you have, there's still going to be some lasting protective effects against that different strain that infected you. So there's no reason not to. Like if you didn't get an influenza vaccine and you got infected, it would be a lot worse your, your symptoms, your overall feeling, the, the actual state of being sick would be a lot worse if you didn't get a vaccine in general. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. So get it no matter what. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing that for the flu vaccine. You for should. Sure. You're you late. should. Yeah.
I'll start that back up next year. <laughs> okay. So we're going a little long, but let's talk about like kind of some of the, 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 the issues of getting vaccines that you've run into. Biggest one, cost. Um, uh, that's a huge deterrent for a lot of people, including myself. Uh, I'm going to end up spending well over $1,000 for, you know, close to a half a dozen or even more than that different travel vaccines. Um, the most expensive one is going to be the Japanese encephalitis vaccine, which if you go to a travel clinic, um, there's something called Passport Health, which is, I think, across the United States. Um, they, they sell this vaccine. It's two-dose vaccine, so each dose costs $375. And I actually went to Passport Health knowing that was going to be the price, but I did my research, and I found it was much cheaper at Walgreens um, with this discount card that I have through my insurance. So I ended up getting the same vaccine for $295 per dose, which is $150 savings. Um, but that one right there is 600 bucks. And then cholera, that was 350 I got that at that travel vaccine place. Um, I had typhoid for 120 bucks at Walgreens. I already had yellow fever, which this is interesting. I got yellow fever vaccine down in Colombia before I went into the Amazon jungle. And um, I did a vlog about this. Uh, I ended up getting it for $20 US. But the thing is, back in the United States, you would end up paying well over $100 for the same vaccine at Walgreens, for example. And that gave me the idea, like, maybe I can just get these vaccines overseas for a fraction of the price. So I did some research, and the Japanese encephalitis one that was 600 bucks, I could get overseas for between like 22 a dose and 100 a dose, which is much, much cheaper than here in the US. But it was a different brand and talked to my mom who's a nurse and she's like, well, maybe they don't have the same health standards over there, which is true. Um, the point being, it would be a lot riskier for me to get the cheaper vaccine overseas than it would be to get it here and just be done with it and over. So yep. I ended up, deciding to get it here at Walgreens. Yeah, that's a smart, that's a kind of a smart um, way to play it. Yeah. Um, other than that, they recommended rabies. And when I say they, um, the CDC for the destination. That's so that weird. To. Rabies? Rabies vaccine. I mean, yeah. you, I, you, I would get it. That's what, like, I think like 10 people die from rabies a year because they don't expect them to get rabies. Yeah, it's I think weird. it's a weird statistic because um, rabies is not the first thing you think of. No, I, I didn't even know there was a vaccine for that. Um, but I think it they, hurts, they, though. Uh, uh, maybe. Why? Because it's a thick needle? Uh, I don't know. I think the, the, I think the rabies shot hurts. And I don't know why. If it, I don't know if it's the needle or if it's just the, the, con, the, the liquid they're putting into your skin. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. How do, do you, can you talk about, well, first of all, the other one was polio and r routine vaccines like the flu. Um, can you talk about why real quick? Cause I know we're running out of time. Can you talk about why some vaccines hurt more than the other ones? Like Tdap, which is tetanus and a couple other things that one hurt my left arm more than the typhoid in my right arm. I think it's like a pain tolerance thing, but I also think it's just, um, it's just what they, so we talked about those adjuvants that they add. Yeah. Some adjuvants are just different. Well, I, they are different. So some of them are just, some of them need uh -oh. to produce that immune response. 
uh, let's say like a stronger immune response. And so what they'll do is they'll put something that, that tries to stimulate it a lot better than others. It's all just trying to find the best compound to give you the most efficacy, if that makes any sense. Um, uh, yeah, and, and, and it hurts at the source more because yeah. of that? Well, could, well that, that's where you're trying to start that initial kind of... <laughs> you're really trying to get this into a complex immunological <laughs> I got to leverage this. I got a, a future immunology doctor on the podcast. <sighs> yes, <laughs> but basically, um, if you think about it, you need... Okay, so you get a shot in your arm, right? Yes. Why does it... How do you get systemic kind of protection? So let's say you get tetanus, right? Tetanus is the best idea. If you get vaccinated in the arm and you step on a rusty nail, how are you still protected? With the vaccine in you? With the vaccine in you. How am I still protected? Uh, because like, of that memory response, right? Well, it's the memory response, yeah. And so that memory response is a systemic response. So you have to think about how does that vaccine in your arm transmitted throughout your whole entire body oh uh that's what i'm bloodstream, saying right well it's your bloodstream yeah but you, basically it's your bloodstream and your lymph um the, fl- the lymph we call fluid um but basically the you have immune cells that'll come and pick up those those vaccine particles that you just received it'll start to start the immune response typically in your spleen um and your lymph nodes and then the b cells usually are are scattered throughout your body and that's how you're able to respond like you you just think about that like you get a vaccine in your arm how are you protected through your whole body those that vaccine has to initiate the process of protection around the whole body and you generate these b cells that are just kind of distributed everywhere i got it that makes that makes sense right yeah well wow thank you Thank you, Mark, for uh, all your, your <laughs> Stop knowledge. being so patronizing, Tony. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. Because I, I, this is why I wanted to do the podcast today, because I didn't know a lot of this, and it really helps to hear it from you. Well, I'm glad. I'm hope, I hope you... <laughs> it's going to be weird hearing that at the end of the year, because um, <laughs> uh, yeah, technically I will be an expert in the field, which I don't feel like it. Um, in any case, yeah. Well, I hope you learned something today. I learned something. Did you learn something? No. speaking to the audience well i learned you. i learned that <laughs> i learned that vaccines are well i kind of knew this already i i think the difference why it's cheaper in colombia versus um like the u.s, US. yeah it's all the drug companies pricing and like yeah because I, I think it's supply and demand the supply well it could be I, i'm sure they really it's it's definitely like a pricing issue because of those companies. I think that that's a pharmaceutical issue. I don't think it's it's something else. I mean, it actually, it definitely is a pharmaceutical issue. Yeah, and I mean, they can the cost of living there is so much like a fraction of what it is here, so they can't charge that much overseas, or everybody would be dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I shouldn't laugh at that, but that's absolutely true. But I mean, that's kind of how I feel about Africa, right? I mean, the people in Africa who are suffering from a lot of these illnesses that can easily be cured by vaccines or drugs they aren't getting the proper medications that they need because sometimes drug companies aren't doing enough. And that's a, I'm not going all Bernie Sanders. That's just, that's <laughs> just how it is. Right. We'll save it for another episode. No, oh, I, I, I couldn't be, I can't talk about that, but <laughs> all right, that's just a personal belief. But, no uh, in any case, uh, when, uh, when are you actually going away? Mm, June 19th, 18th. Okay. Yep. All right. So we'll, we got some uh, time. We'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. Until then, 
thank you guys for listening. This is episode 24, so this will be at the 4501podcast.com slash 24. And I hope um, you liked our mascot bird that you hear in the background. Yes, he's, uh, what's his name? Mr. Squeaky. Janelle. Janelle. <laughs> yes. Okay, Mr. Janelle. Right, thank you. You want to take thank it you, out? Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this podcast. Thank you, Tony's hey sister, for letting us podcast at his at her house. Excuse me, at her house. And thank you to Janelle for tweeting us in the background. And if you want to tweet us, follow us at the 4 podcast on Twitter. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. See you later. Enjoy your vaccines. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. Please follow us on Twitter at the 4501 Podcast to keep up with the latest news and events. If you have any suggestions for episodes or would like to contact us, shoot us an email at the4501podcast at gmail.com.